subject to him. The word of the Lord. gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. In one of his books, author and theologian Leonard Sweet tells of a Native American tribe which has a unique practice for training young men. This is what he writes. On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, he was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never been away from the security of his family and tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded and taken miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of thick woods, by himself, all night long. Every time a twig snapped, he must have visualized a wild animal ready to pounce. Every time an animal howled, he imagined a wolf leaping out of the darkness. Every time the wind blew, he wondered what more sinister sound it masked. No doubt, it was a terrifying night. After what seemed like an eternity, the first rays of sunlight shone down through the trees of the forest. Looking around, the young man saw flowers, leaves, and the outline of the path. Then, to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was his father. He had been there all night long, his bow drawn, his arrow ready, watching over his son from the darkness. The night is dark. The threats are real. The wilderness is lonely, but we are not alone. Today's Gospel from Mark tells the story of how Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness immediately following his baptism in the River Jordan. We're told that Jesus was with the wild beasts, he was tempted by Satan, and the angels waited on him. For the people of ancient Palestine, the wilderness was not 
a park where there were park rangers to watch over the campers. The wilderness was not just a little ways out of the city. The wilderness was a place full of danger and fear, full of the unknown. There were no guarantees, no safety net, no cell phones in order to call for help. The wilderness Jesus was driven into was probably south of Jericho where the Jordan River feeds into the Dead Sea. Told that you could see for miles in every direction from there and everything was sand-colored. The hills, the rocks, the brush, the scorpion. It was also very quiet, both because the sand absorbs the sound and because there are not many living things to make any noise. The wilderness, though, can be, instead of like a desert, it can be more like a jungle. In the jungle, you can barely see one foot ahead of you because of all the knotted vines and spiky palms. Even if you know you're lost, you don't have any clue about which way to go. Even the sun is hidden by the canopy of leaves overhead. The jungle is full of noise, jabbering birds and clicking insects. Branches breaking under the weight of who knows what, something big that might be running away from you or could be headed straight for you. All of us at one time or another end up in the wilderness, whether it is quiet and desolate like the desert or loud and confused like the jungle. We all go through difficult times. We suffer with illness. Someone we love becomes ill and there are no answers, just constant and unyielding pain. A loved one dies, a baby never lives, finances and the economy are uncertain. Some of us live in the blackness of depression, others struggle with addiction. Many more than we care to think about live in loveless or abusive relationships. Wilderness is a part of life. When Jesus went into the desert, he confronted his own wilderness of fear and doubts and temptations. According to the gospel, this period in the wilderness was essential for everything that came after it for Jesus. It was a great source of his humanness as well as his holiness. Without the wilderness, he might not have been the same person. Because of the wilderness, he was not afraid of what he had to face. The wilderness is a place where Jesus' human path very obviously crosses ours. We face situations where we feel at odds with the world's values. We struggle within relationships and can even feel like we're being torn apart by wild beasts. We feel emptiness and want something more exciting than the boring bread of everyday life. We hurt inside from mental and physical pains which can tempt us to give up on everything. This past Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, we gathered here in the nave for worship and we had ash crosses traced on our foreheads and we heard those words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Ash Wednesday for me serves as sort of a wake-up call, a reminder to put first things first, to prioritize in my life based on what's important and to not take for granted those things that are important to me. In many ways, the entire season of Lent asks us to do that. We're asked to take an honest look at ourselves, who we are, what we do, what we don't do, what we've become. As we do that, though, the most important part is for us to turn to God, 
to put God first. As Pastor Fraser reminded us on Wednesday, what's most important is for us to see Jesus. The season of Lent invites us to take a journey through the wilderness. Rather than trying to hide our wilderness or to pretty it up or to wish that we could sleep through it or that it would just go away, we're invited to face it, to face those things that we would rather not. The very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus was baptized and that voice from heaven confirmed his unique identity and his role with the words, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And then he was driven into the wilderness and tempted. In the very next sentence in St. Mark's Gospel, in verse 16, which we didn't read, Jesus calls disciples to follow him. He begins to build this community around him. I don't think that's a coincidence because God is a God of relationship. Even God's very nature, three in one, implies relationship. And we who are created in God's image need other people. You don't have to be a Christian or a churchgoer to understand that people need each other. Prisoners know the panic of being behind bars, away from the community of normal life. And they view solitary confinement as even worse, being extended to these long periods of aloneness in that type of situation can eat away at our spirit. God is three and yet one. We're created in God's community-bearing image. Both the Bible and creation itself teach us that to be human is to hunger for humanity, and it's to hunger for community. Stephen Bowman reminds us that as the church, we are a community. Bowman is the former bishop of the Metropolitan New York Synod of the ELCA, and he is the author of our devotional booklets for this Lent. He reminds us that all Christians are a part of the family of Jesus, and let me quote his words. We are all together a family, not by our choice and doing, but through the washing of baptism and the call of the Holy Spirit to be joined to the body of Christ. In baptism and the family meal of the Eucharist, in the love of Christ, we belong to one another. And each of us in our own way reaches out to another in Christ's family. Together through ministries of love and compassion, we reach out beyond ourselves, continually inviting our neighbors into the intimacy of the church family. When we face wilderness times in our own lives, we don't do that alone because God is with us, and God often places people in our lives who will journey with us. God also calls us to journey with others as they face wilderness times in their lives. After Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness was, were over, I'm not sure he really ever left it. He left it physically, of course. He returned to Galilee. But Jesus continued to spend time with those who were in the midst of wilderness, those who made choices that the religious establishment considered to be bad choices, those who seemed like they would never change. But Jesus sat around their dinner tables, and he listened to their stories. The most religious people didn't think that it was any way for a holy person to act. They thought that he should show better judgment, maybe spend more time at the synagogue or chair a committee. But Jesus didn't do that. He spent his time frequently in the wilderness, 
the deserts and the jungles where many people spent their lives. Deserts of paralysis and leprosy, jungles of poverty and exclusion. Jesus told both the victims and the perpetrators to turn around, to turn from what they had done to other people, and to turn from what had been done to them. He told them to be well, to be new, and he said that the time isn't sometime in the future, but the time is now. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. No matter what we face, as we journey through our own wilderness, God is there. During this time of Lent, may we face the wilderness that is in our lives knowing that God is with us. However far we go, God has been there first. Wherever we end, God will meet us there. We are not alone. Amen.